Good morning. So at some point in all of our lives, we have received a call. Uh, sometimes it's a call to go and do work for someone. Sometimes it's a call with very important information that we need in the moment. Uh, sometimes it's just a call from a friend uh, talking to us for a while and catching up about the great things going on in our lives. But at some point in our lives, we have all received those kinds of calls. We have answered them in some way. Uh, we also, in our lives, we receive calls spiritually. Uh, calls like the call to go and obey the gospel. The call to hear the word, to believe it, to repent, confess the sins, and be baptized before the Lord and remain faithful unto death. We receive calls like the call to read the word and study it and meditate upon it daily. The call to pray without ceasing and put our desires upon the, and our heart upon the Lord. Uh, but one call that we hear often that we ignore most of the time for some reason is the call to evangelism. You see, this call to evangelism, uh, despite it being one of the ones that we hear most prevalently throughout the scriptures and one of the most important calls that we hear in order to the survival of the church, is one, like I said before, that for some reason we often ignore. I mean, there was a statistic that came out that said in a Christian's lifetime, the average Christian, they will have heard about 4,000 sermons will have sung about 20,000 songs and will have participated in about 8,000 public prayers and will have converted zero souls. You see, this call to evangelism is extremely important, but yet for some reason in our lives, we neglect it. So today what I want to talk about is in Scripture, four calls to evangelism that we find. The first of which, of course, being the call from above. You see, this call from above, as you might expect, is a call that comes down directly from God. It's this call that He gives us to go out into the world and to preach and to teach the gospel. Probably the most famous place where we hear this call is in the Great Commission. You know, this Great Commission that we hear from Jesus right before He ascends into heaven. Uh, most famously, we find this scripture in Matthew chapter 28, in verse 19, when Jesus tells His disciples... Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we get the same call, the same Great Commission, uh, even in other accounts of the gospel in places like Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 15, when Jesus once again tells his disciples, Go unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. For he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. You see, we have this call, this call that comes directly from God, directly from the Almighty Father in heaven, coming from Jesus' word in the scriptures, something he directly tells us to do. But for some reason or another, despite the fact that this is literally God telling us to do something, we seem to ignore it. Why is that? I mean, for example, to give a little bit of illustration, what if someone like Elon Musk or a very powerful, very rich person came to you and he told you that he had found the cure for cancer? He had found the cure for this terrible disease that kills many people, people that we know about that have died from this terrible disease, and he tells you he has found the cure to this disease. And he goes on, he tells you every little detail that goes into this cure. What it's made out of, how it's administered, and exactly how to use this cure. And at the end of that, he simply tells you, 
Go and tell everyone you know about this. I think 99.9% of us would immediately go to every single person we know spreading this good news, this good news about this cure for cancer that this person has told us about. And yet, we have something better than that. We have something better than this cure for a physical disease. We have a cure for an eternal disease. We have the cure for the eternal disease of sin. And the Lord tells us to go out and spread it. And yet, for some reason or another, sometimes we don't do that. You see, what we need to do is we need to answer this call from above. The second call that we find in Scripture that we're going to talk about today is the call from within. You see, this call, it's not like the first call. You see, this call, it isn't a direct command from the Lord. It isn't the Lord literally telling us, go unto all the world. You see, this call comes, as you would expect, from a desire within us. You see, this call from within comes from a desire to live no longer for ourselves, but instead live for Christ. In Galatians 2 and verse 20, Paul writes to the church of Galatia saying, For I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. You see, Paul writes about this desire, this call from within us, as saying, that he wants to live for Christ. He no longer wants to live for himself, no longer wants to live and be a person of this world, but live for Christ based on the great things he has done for me, based on the great things that he has done for us. See, he's answering this call from within. This call from within is also fueled by a desire simply to give others this same salvation that we take part in, to teach others about this same salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. In Romans chapter 9, starting in verse 1, Paul writes to the church at Rome saying, I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My consciousness also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I wish that I myself were accursed in Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. You see, as the people who answer this call from within, Paul writes about, at least for him, this desire from within meant that he is sorrowful at the very fact there are people in this world who are in sin. He's sorrowful at the very fact that there are people in this world who are not found, who don't have that same eternal salvation, that same eternal reward that we are, are, have the ability to take part in. Coming to the point that he would feel that he would give up his own soul so that someone would come to Christ, so that anyone would come to Christ. And we, you see, he is answering this call from within. And finally, this call from within is fueled by a desire simply to teach the gospel because of the things that the Lord has done for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 16, Paul writes to the church at Corinth saying, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. You see, what Paul is saying here is that if he doesn't preach the gospel, if he doesn't go into the world, if he doesn't do these things, then woe is him. Everything else in his life is useless if he does not go, if he does not answer this call from within to go and preach the gospel. You see, this call from within is a comes from a desire within ourselves, a desire for, to live for Christ because of what he has done, a desire to save souls, and a desire to preach the gospel because if we don't preach the gospel, 
If we don't go into all the world, those souls will stay lost and everything in our lives will no longer matter. You see, all of us as Christians, we were converted by a people that had these calls and that answered these calls. Um, I'm thinking about someone like Mr. Ronnie, for example. I'm going to brag on him since he's not here. Mr. Ronnie pretty much every month or so since we've had him as a youth minister, we've had someone in the youth group who's been baptized. Someone make that decision to be baptized. And I firmly believe that one of the reasons of that is because when they study with him, when people study with him, they, he, they see that he has this desire within him. They see that he has this call from within to live for the Lord, to save souls, and to preach the gospel. And that's, I mean, and all of us were converted by people like that. All of us were converted by people that have this call from within, that have these desires. And it's unlikely that any Christian, that was, if any Christian, if they don't have this desire, if they don't answer this call from within, will be able to convert anyone. You see, what we need to do is we need to answer this call from within. The third call that we have is the call from without. You see, this call, once again, it's not like the first two. You see, in the first two calls we read about, <coughs> sorry, in the first two calls we read about, it's not, like a, it's not a call from the Lord. It's not a call from above. And this call from without is also not a call fueled by our desires within us. Instead, this call from without comes from, Christ, comes from lost souls who want to hear. It comes from lost souls who want to know and want to obey this gospel. You see, in the world today, there are tons and tons of lost people. And you know, some of them will probably reject the gospel. Most of them probably will. But yet there are some people out there who don't want to be lost. There are some people out there who want to obey the gospel. And if we don't go to them, if we don't go and administer to them and answer the call that they are calling from without, then they'll never find it. You see, what we need to do is we need to answer this call from without. This idea that is actually the whole purpose of the thing like Latin American mission. This idea that there are people in this world, there are people that want to hear the gospel. This idea that there are people who want to obey, who want to find Christ, who want to find salvation in Him just like us. And we even read about this call from without within Scripture. Uh, probably most famously in Acts chapter 16 with the Macedonian call. Uh, you see, in the Macedonian call, one night Paul receives a vision from the Lord. And starting in verse 9, the text tells us that, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen this vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, in this in this passage of text, in this call, Paul receives a vision of a man of Macedonia. And this man of Macedonia, he's not simply asking, hey, can you send someone to go? We've got a, a couple people interested in the gospel. Hey, could you possibly spare one or two people to come and do a little quick evangelistic campaign? No, the scripture tells us that he is begging, pleading that someone, anyone would go and teach the gospel to these people of Macedonia. And Paul, of course, as a great Christian man that he is, he hears this call, he gets this vision, and he answers it. And because of that, many souls come to Christ. Because of that, we get things like the great church of Philippi. Because of that, many souls come to Christ in Macedonia. And even a few chapters later, Paul receives a similar vision. 
a similar vision from the Lord reassuring him that there are people in this world who want to hear the gospel. In Acts chapter 18, starting in verse 9, it says, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. You see, Paul gets this call from the Lord reassuring him that despite what it looks like, despite the fact that it looks like no one wants to hear the gospel, that in the fact they don't want to hear the gospel, that they don't even want to hear him speak, that there still are people out there who want to hear the gospel. You see, in the world today, like I said before, there are many people who are lost. Many people out of those will not will reject the gospel. Many of them will probably reject it in a very rude way, not even wanting to hear it. But yet, there are some people, some people out there who want to hear. As dark and as evil as this world seems to get, there is still some of that good soil that we read about in Luke chapter 8. Some of that good soil who wants to hear the gospel, who wants to obey it, who wants to latch on to that seed of the Word of God and grow into strong Christians. You see, we need to go out and preach to those people. What we need to do is we need to answer this call coming from without. And that brings us to our fourth and final call, the call from beneath. You see, this call, it's arguably the saddest call of them all. Arguably the most powerful, the loudest call of them all. You see, this call... It's not a command coming from above. It's not born out of a desire within us. It's not even a call coming from those in this world who are lost and want to be saved. It's not coming from a call for those who are lost and can be saved. You see, this call comes from those who have lived their lives. They have came, they have lived, and they had died. And they have died lost. And now they have learned of and are suffering their eternal fate even as we speak. This is a call from those who are in eternal damnation, begging, pleading, that someone would go and save lost souls so no one would end up in a place like that. You see, we actually read of this call in a pretty famous example in Luke chapter 16 in the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And most of y'all know that parable. Of course, we have the rich man who was rich and he was powerful and he lived his life in luxury, having whatever food and clothing and anything he ever wanted living a worldly life of possessions. And then we have Lazarus, who he wasn't rich. He wasn't powerful. He lived his life in poverty, begging for simply the scraps off of the rich man's table. And eventually, as all men do, they both came. They both lived and they both died. Lazarus of which, receiving his eternal reward, being welcomed into Abraham's bosom and the rich man, he wasn't. See, because of his worldly life, because of his worldly possessions that he held on to so tightly, he was sent down to his eternal punishment. And in Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 27, the gospel authors tell us that he says, I beg you, Father, therefore, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. You see, after the rich man accepted his fate that he was in, after he accepted the torment and realized that he was going to be there for all of eternity, he doesn't just ask the Lord to send someone in these scriptures. He is begging, begging the Lord that he would send someone, anyone, even if it was Lazarus raised from the dead, that he would send someone to those that he loved, 
so that they would not end up in this horrible place of torment that he is in for the rest of eternity. And you know, I guarantee you that many, if not every last soul down there that has succumbed to that fate, is down there begging and pleading for this same thing. Begging and pleading that someone, anyone would go and save lost souls so that no one would fall victim to the fate which they are in. No one would suffer the eternal loss that they are suffering. And that no one would suffer for all of eternity. See, there are people in this world who you and me may have known who they were lost. They lived their lives and they died. And they stayed lost. I mean, I haven't lived much life. I'm only 18 years old. But I've been to a few funerals where the conversation in the car ride on the way home was simply, that was a sad funeral. Because there was no hope for those souls. And many of you who are older than me, you probably know those people even personally. These people who have came and who have died, and you wish more than anything in the world that they could have been saved. That they could have accepted the gospel. Some of you wish that you would have told them before they had passed about this great word, about this great gospel which we have had. And yet they are still there, calling from beneath that we would go, that someone, anyone would go to the lost souls of this world lest they fall to the same fate which the call from beneath is coming from. You see, what we need to do is we need to answer this call coming from beneath. So the question is, is what do we do? What do we do with these calls that we have heard today? Well, to put it simply, we need to answer these calls. We need to do as we have said over and over again. We need to answer these calls to, from above to go and to preach and to teach the gospel. We need to go and we need to answer these calls from a desire, coming from a desire within us to preach and to teach the gospel. We need to answer these calls call for the people calling from without that want us to go to them and to preach and to teach the gospel to them. And we need to answer this call from beneath to go and to preach and teach the gospel that no soul may fall victim to the same place which they are, which they are suffering their eternal torment from. You see, what we need to be like is Isaiah was like when God called him to be a prophet in Isaiah 6, starting in verse 8. When he tells the Lord, saying, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who shall go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. See, Isaiah, when he said these words, when he, told, when he answered the Lord's call for someone to go, anyone to go unto his people and preach his word, he told the Lord, here am I, send me. And Isaiah at this time, he wasn't known as Isaiah the prophet. He wasn't known as man we know him as today, as this great prophet of the Lord. He was simply Isaiah the man. Even a few verses earlier, Isaiah described himself as Isaiah the sinful man, just like you and me. Backing up to verse 5 when he says, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. You see, we need to be like him. We need to hear these calls from the Lord. The calls to go, to preach, and to teach the gospel. To not only hear it, but repent of the sins that are holding us back in our lives. And to say, here am I. Send me. Some of you, you've heard these calls before. You've heard these calls throughout your life, but maybe sin or other struggles or other things that are upon your hearts, they've kept you from answering them. 
To you I say, the invitation is open. Some of you, you may have heard these calls before. You may have never heard these calls before. Maybe you're hearing them for the first time today. But for some reason or another, you've never answered them. For some reason or another, you've never answered the call of the Gospel to follow Christ and put Him on in baptism. To you I say, the invitation is open this morning. Answer the call today. Make that decision to look to hear the calls from the Lord, to look at them and to say, Here am I. Send me. Answer those calls today. Make that decision as we stand and as we sing.